Welcome to Dog Training Disrupted by Upward Dogology, where I retrain your brain and introduce you to the world of cognitive behavioral therapy for dogs over the age of six months. Cognitive dissonance is one of my favorite topics in respect to the effects of cognitive dissonance and the success of different methods to overcome behaviors as commonly associated with aggression and anxiety. I have had great conversations with professionals and psychologists and experts in habits and, and trauma on this topic and it, commonly in comparison to humans and there's other episodes in this uh, podcast that uh, discuss this so you can visit those I'll have those in the show notes but in this particular episode I'm going to explain what cognitive dissonance is provide real life experiences in relation to dogs and most of you probably know I'm big on real life experiences and explanations and I'm going to discuss different methods to address the behaviors caused by cognitive dissonance. And I think many of you will be able to relate to this information and you'll see your dog's behavior in a new light. No more Hello, I'm Billy Groom, your host and expert in canine behavior and canine cognitive behavioral therapy for over three decades. Cognitive dissonance occurs when our perception, beliefs, or understanding do not match how we envision our surroundings should be. This leads to stress, leads to knee-jerk reactions to remain safe or achieve our goal or normalize the situation to manage the situation. And often these behaviors are perceived as aggressive in dogs or anxious. They're commonly unwanted behavior. Aggression and anxiety are often the result of cognitive dissonance. Dogs have a perception of what is common and expected in different areas or different times of day or perhaps based on a smell or a sound or simply a routine. In fact, many dogs who are accustomed to routines and have had stable, consistent, positive upbringings are prone to experience cognitive dissonance, whereas dogs that have little consistency or routine may have a greater ability to adapt. Equally, adopted dogs who are forced to adapt to new situations may experience cognitive dissonance. So in other words, there's no particular dog that experiences cognitive dissonance and their ability to adapt varies depending on a lot of different factors. So I'm going to start with discussing dogs adopted during the pandemic to provide a common example. So the family uh, adopted this dog and they walked the dog, they took the dog to the dog park and even outdoor markets and the kids' soccer games. The, the dog is generally well-behaved in the home, not stressful when left alone, there's no anxiety, and basically loves people and dogs, just an all-around good dog. As the restrictions were lifted, people had more guests over. So this family decided to have more guests over, and at which point they noticed their dog is anxious, uncomfortable, and even aggressive towards people and dogs at their home. 
but not in other places. And this could even be the same people and dogs that that dog knows from other places. The reaction is not the inability to deal with the sudden arrival of these guests or protection of the home or of the family, but rather their perception that their home is not a place that commonly has visitors. They like things the way they are at home and they do not see the purpose of the visitors and may even assume that the intentions of the visitors are negative. So this perception of home life explains why a decompression period that includes a, a quiet and non-realistic lifestyle when first adopting a dog can actually backfire. It's important to live life as you do. And you're not to force the dog to be a part of it or to overwhelm the dog. In other words, have friends and family as you would while allowing the dog to process and make decisions to allow the dog to decide on their actions based on their comfort level and personality. I have another episode which discusses the decompression period in comparison to my integration program, which harnesses cognitive emotions and establishes skills that allow my clients to safely and effectively include the dog into their family life at a pace that suits individual dogs. This also eliminates the need for a lengthy integration period, and I'll have that episode in the show notes. So another example where cognitive dissonance can affect behavior in general, in the dog park. And this is an interesting one because dogs who regularly visit a dog park at the same time may be surprised to see a new dog or a new person or be uncomfortable if they go at a different time or even to a different dog park. They expect the park to be as it always is with the same dogs and people, and now it's not. Ah, They may be uncomfortable with certain behaviors of different dogs, and perhaps a dog is just simply more rambunctious or even more standoffish. Think of a restaurant or a bar that you visit at a certain time of day uh, during the week, and then imagine it at a different time or day. This change in atmosphere may cause stress, but not because you dislike people or dislike the bar, but simply you weren't expecting that many people or change in music. So as humans, even though we can logically understand this change, it can still cause us stress. Dogs can also be stressed if they see something out of place, such as a rake where it's never been before, or a garbage can in an alley, or even a new piece of furniture. Common reaction can vary, from barking and lunging to freezing, or peeing, or hiding, or trying to manage the situation, which may look like pinning, or biting, or hurting, or what people might call policing the situation. Cognitive dissonance can also occur with stable dogs who've had conventional upbringings when there is a change in routine. It can be challenging for them to comprehend why this change in routine would occur. And this happens a lot with people who just have these dogs that are just doing the right thing 90, 95% of the time because they know what's going on. They're good dogs. They're, they're with the program, so to speak. So with this change in routine, these dogs may suddenly mess in the home or destroy something or howl or simply become belligerent or stubborn in general. This change in routine could be as simple as leaving on a weekday evening when you normally wouldn't or changing a walking routine, perhaps due to no fault of your own. In some cases, the reaction is not due to cognitive dissonance, 
but rather an intentional act to show their displeasure of you changing this routine. So when it's occurring due to cognitive dissonance, this is actually uh, stress or anxiety or discomfort in the change in routine. And a, a common recommendation is to maintain consistency. And we all know how challenging this is. And what we may consider consistency may not be consistency to a dog. And it's just not always realistic to be able to do that. We, we need to change our clothing at certain seasons. We need to go to work when we need to go to work and, and new places or have people over. And as mentioned earlier, in respect to uh, strict decompression protoco protocols, not doing these things can lead to increased cognitive dissonance because they perceive things to be exactly the way they are. So even really good dogs who follow routines should be given basic exercises in canine cognitive behavioral therapy that allow for change in routine without stress or panic. Integrating changes slowly is another recommendation. And that can be effective. However, this method, which is more just of human nature and patience than an actual method, falls in line with desensitization. Desensitization can be combined with associative training, which is essentially counter-conditioning. The goal of this is to change the perception of the stimuli, which many dogs do not feel they need their perception changed and do not care to do so. As mentioned earlier, the dog may, excuse me, the dog may not dislike people or certain areas. So changing the perception isn't really our goal, meaning the goal of the method does not align with the thought pattern of the dog. So logically, it would make sense to desensitize a dog uh, to, for example, a person suddenly coming out of the bathroom or a garbage pail that suddenly appears in an alley. But this method is proven challenging to implement, especially during adolescence, because of brain development causing sporadic success at best and leads to dogs becoming described as unpredictable. And for more information on this subject on why counterconditioning is often ineffective during adolescence in addressing change in behavior, inability to process, and cognitive dissonance, I have a PowerPoint present that uh, talks about this, dives into it actually. It's about 19 minutes and I'll put the link in the show notes. Using positive reinforcement training to address reactivity derived from cognitive dissonance is often ineffective simply because reinforcement-based training operant conditioning is designed to teach right from wrong using reinforcements. And behavior caused by cognitive dissonance are based on the inability to process change or the unexpected, leading to discomfort, fear, and anxiety. Teaching right from wrong, again, is just not correlated to the reason for the behavior. So simply changing routines or integrating new stimuli situations or places, such as changing a route on a walk or, or a morning routine or just having people come over sporadically, which would be, again, along the lines of desensitization, even when it's done in moderation at a slow pace, can cause increased anxiety because the brain continues to go to that place of panic. And even though they keep getting used to it, if the brain keeps going there, that's where the brain keeps going. And that's just like with people. If you constantly go into a panic state, your brain gets used to going into that panic state. Restraints, such as avoidance or a crate to prevent the behavior, do not prevent the brain from panicking and actually can increase anxiety and fear. Think of breaking a habit or incorporating a new habit 
Much of that is the mindset, memory, and intentional decision-making based on perception and goal. And we can start that at lower levels and build our way up. So instead of approaching this with the goal of stopping the behavior based on individual divided triggers or stimulus, we need to focus on the brain patterns leading to the, the panic and thus the behavior. So canine cognitive behavioral therapy or CCBT practices resetting the brain, induces processing, and allows for decision making prior to the brain going to that state that causes the reaction and thus organically changes the reaction. This process naturally decreases anxiety caused by change in routine or situations or environments. Perception of the need to react changes, although the perception of the object or the stimulus may not, which is one of the biggest reasons CCBT differs from counter-conditioning. CCBT exercises and the teaching opportunities differ with different dogs based on the lifestyle, their likes and dislikes, and what they are able and unable to process. For example, with some dogs, that might be movement related, while others, it's a time of day or a place or a tangible object. With CCBT, intentionally create change at relevant situations, but in a controlled manner to practice resetting the brain and induce processing and decision-making at easier times. It's literally practicing this brain pattern, which is unlike other methods. These exercises have nothing to do with the stimulus, but focus on changing the brain pattern. You can always practice this at home with your own routines and activities or objects that bring you comfort. That's why it's also used on humans. So you can try changing these routines, what you would normally do, and take note of what your brain does, how it processes change, and how you feel. Of course, these are more contrived than when, uh, you know, it happens in a dog's life suddenly, but it is an interesting exercise. I hope you have a better understanding of sources of reactivity leading to fear and anxiety. And of course, if you're having issues with your dog, please visit my website, www.doglogicregina, that's D-O-G-L-O-G-I-C-R-E-G-I-N-A.com or www.upwarddogology.com and please reach out. I offer no charge consultations. Please follow Upward Dogology on Facebook and Twitter and on LinkedIn. I'm Billy Groom. Please share these episodes to help other pet lovers. As well, please visit my link tree for presentations, articles, and interviews. Please see the show notes for all the links. And a big thanks to Open Strum, who does amazing work to help animals through initiatives and programs. Thank you so much for the music, Open Strum. We love you. Thank you for listening and for your support. And as always, enjoy your learning journey.